Hello everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby with Consultant 360. Today we'll be speaking with Dr. Greg Stone, who is the Director of Academic Affairs for the Mount Sinai Heart Health System, a professor of medicine and cardiology, and a professor of population health sciences and policy at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York. He will be answering our questions about research that he presented recently at the 2021 VEATH Symposium. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Stone. To start, can you tell us about the study you presented at VEATH? So yeah, I'm going to be you know presenting uh, data that's already been presented, but to help put it in perspective, it'll be the uh, perspectives from the final five-year results from the Excel randomized trial of coronary bypass graft surgery versus percutaneous coronary intervention with drug-eluting stents in patients with unprotected left main coronary artery disease. Okay, perfect. Um, so what would you say are the clinical takeaway messages from that study and how can healthcare providers implement those takeaways right. into clinical practice? Well, in this trial, we randomized 1,905 patients who had left main disease with visually assessed low or moderate anatomic complexity. And patients, these patients also had equipoise uh, as to where the Interventional cardiologists thought they could do a good job with PCI, and the cardiac surgeons thought they could safely bypass the patient. And so they were randomized to one of the two procedures with contemporary drug-eluting stents, specifically the Zion's Everolmus-eluting stent. And we found that at the end of the five-year follow-up period, the primary endpoint, which is a composite rate of death, myocardial infarction, or stroke, was not significantly different between the two procedures. So that's the main take home from um, the study. But of course, there's a lot of nuanced interpretations that you can make uh, because not each procedure would apply equally to every single patient you know, in the community with left main coronary disease. Mm -hmm. And is there any role for, um, I mean, anticoagulation or any kind of oral treatments um, instead of the invasive yeah. option? Yeah, so these are patients with significant left main disease in whom it's widely believed that uh, survival is much improved with revascularization compared to even best medical therapy. So there's really no role for medical therapy. The real question is, um, you know, that bypass surgery has traditionally been the standard for left main disease. And now PCI with drug-eluting stents has emerged as an alternative in selected patients. So it's certainly, PCI is certainly an easier procedure to go through. There's fewer periprocedural complications, including fewer strokes, uh, fewer large myocardial infarctions, less acute kidney injury, et cetera, and more um, faster discharge, less chest pain from the procedure, and more rapid return to work. So the question is, that's made PCI an attractive option for many patients, but who will get similar long-term outcomes with PCI? And I think with many patients with simple and non-complex coronary disease, PCI is a good alternative. When uh, the disease gets very complex, you know, then patients still fare better with coronary artery bypass graft surgery. So I think each patient needs to have an individualized uh, risk assessment 
for that particular man or woman's uh, set of circumstances. And then the doctors of, of the heart team, that is the general cardiologist, the surgeon and the interventional cardiologist need to discuss the pros and the cons of the particular uh, procedure for that particular patient. In other words, PCI will usually afford some early benefits. Bypass surgery usually has better durable outcomes. So I think that depending on the complexity of the coronary disease and other risk factors and comorbidities, as well as the patient's own preferences for early versus late outcomes, that information can be given to the patient to allow the patient to make their best decision for him or her. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think it's interesting that you bring up the individualized treatment approach and the multidisciplinary care approach. Uh, those are two big things that, that we notice that, uh, you know, medicine is um, uh, kind of aiming towards, is going towards uh, uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that and the importance of using a multidisciplinary team? Right. Well, you know, it's clear that when we do all these big studies, we get outcomes in different populations of patients. But even within the study populations, not all patients are different. Some are young, some are old, some are men, some are women. Some may have normal left ventricular function or depressed left ventricular function. And so, you know, one therapy just doesn't fit all. And in addition, randomized trials often um, enroll a select patient population compared to the much broader group of patients out in the community. Uh, So you have to decide when the results of a randomized trial apply to the individual patient in front of you. And sometimes they may not apply at all. Other times it'll apply somewhat. Other times it'll be spot on. When you look at an outcome even though Excel, for example, was the largest randomized trial of left main PCI versus cabbage. Um, clearly, when you look at the outcomes being overall relatively similar, there's no doubt that there were some patients who did better with PCI and some patients who did better with surgery. And so risk scores are developed to try to be able to um, uh, come up with overall statistical predictions as to who is going to do better with one versus the other. And then in addition, you know, very importantly, we're trying to make decisions now for patients, but the patient needs to be the center of the heart team. And the patient needs to, uh, the informed patient who wants to be involved in the decision-making process for themselves, needs to be able to receive information on the pros and cons of alternative therapies to make their own decision. After all, it is their life. And these are very different procedures. And ultimately, the patient has to decide what is going to work for them. And so what would you say is the next step for this research? Well, the next step is that, you know, we need to combine the results from all of the completed trials of PCI versus cabbage for left main disease. Uh, There have been four uh, large trials that have Um, randomize such patients and follow them out to at least five years. And when you perform an individual patient data pooled analysis like that, you can understand better the temporal um, outcomes, the differences between the two therapies. You have more power to look at subgroups. You have more power to look at um, low frequency endpoints. Um, For example, mortality. Not, Not any of the four completed trials have been powered to be confident whether there's a difference in mortality between the two therapies. But when you start um, aggregating a large number of patients, then you can get better confidence in that outcome. And so we've completed um, such a uh, process 
and we'll be reporting uh, those data later this year. Is there anything else that you might want to add? You know, the main issues are that patients in general want to live longer and live better. So they, they want longevity and they want good quality of life. And again, there's a lot of differences between left main PCI and cabbage. We've learned that the overall long-term mortality, when you look at the results of the four main uh, drug-eluting stent versus PCI studies, there have been numerous meta-analyses performed, and there's not a major difference in mortality. Um, the studies have shown overall non-statistically significant differences when you aggregate them. And if there is any difference, it's very small. So then it really comes down to secondary endpoints. There certainly are fewer strokes after PCI and there's fewer procedural MIs, but there's more long-term myocardial infarctions after um, PCI compared to surgery. And there's more repeat revascularization after PCI compared to surgery. When you look at overall quality of life, you see that within the first 30 days, the quality of life um, is better for PCI than surgery. But then between one and five years, it seems to be very, very similar. So for many patients in whom there is equipoise, uh, and that is where the interventionalist and the surgeon both feel that they can safely do a good job completely revascularizing all the major myocardial territories, um, uh, the patient can be told that uh, overall, they'll have similar comparable um, long-term outcomes, although the path to that journey may be quite different. Uh, and for some people, the early benefits may favor PCI. For some patients, they'll say, okay, I'll go through a, a more difficult procedure early, but then I want the comfort of knowing that for four or five or 10 years, I may be less likely to have late complications. And uh, all of that needs to be fairly communicated to the patient to let them make their own decision. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Great. So thank you so much for speaking with me today. I really appreciate your time. Great. My pleasure. Thanks so much.